Welcome to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. This podcast is brought to you by SavingYouTaxes.com and hosted by J. Barry Watts. As an advanced tax strategist and enrolled agent federally licensed by the IRS, Barry is uniquely qualified to go deeper into the Internal Revenue Code than most accountants. He understands and interprets its provisions explaining how they'll help you reduce income taxes you owe so you can direct that previously wasted tax money into tax-free accounts that you can enjoy in your retirement years. Now, on today's episode... Welcome to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. I'm your host, Jay Barry Watts. And on January 3rd of this year, I was in the U.S. Capitol for the swearing-in of the new Congress. Since it took 15 different votes to do the first thing, which was elect a speaker, I found myself with a lot of time on my hands. So I ventured downstairs into the old Supreme Court chambers, which happens to be from where Samuel Morse inventor of the telegraph, sent his first telegram. And I was reminded that the first telegraph message Morse sent were these four words, what hath God wrought? What hath God wrought? What it means is what's God done? We're going to take a spin on that today, and we're going to discuss what has Congress wrought. As we unpack the changes that Congress brought to your IRA, 401k, or retirement plan starting January 1, 2023, in this episode of The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. But first, a word from our sponsor. The Wealthcare Corporation is a national personal wealth management firm with taxes at its center, because they realize that no matter how well you do with savings and investments, it won't matter if you don't get the taxes right. That's where Wealthcare shines. They design a personalized retirement income strategy unique to you, focused on after-tax income, so that you can have confidence in how much income you'll need and how much you'll have every year throughout your retirement. Helping people retire with confidence, age with dignity, and create a legacy for their family. That's what they're all about at Wealthcare. Visit them on the web today at savingyoutaxes.com. On December 29, 2022, President Biden signed into law an act which Congress passed into law on Christmas Adam. You do know what Christmas Adam is, don't you? That's the day before Christmas Eve. So Christmas Adam would be December 23. Now, if you're a congressman, think about it. Would you want to be sitting in Washington, D.C. on December 23rd? Or wouldn't you prefer to be at the house baking brownies and and gingerbread houses and getting ready for Christmas? Well, decking the halls, I suppose. Well, because they didn't do their work when they should have, Congress found themselves working on December 23, Christmas Adam, as we like to call it. And a week later, Biden signed into law the things that they had passed on December 23rd. And that particular act was called Secure Act 2.0, 2.0. That's because there had been a previous Secure Act passed back in, if I'm recalling correctly, 2019. Secure Act 2.0 was 4,000 pages long. 
isn't that ridiculous? Do you think your congressman read and understood those 4,000 pages? I don't know how many pages War and Peace is, but it's not that big. Now, I'm pretty sure the Bible I have, which is three or four inches thick, is not 4,000 pages. So I think it's absurd that we have bills that require so many pages. In fact, if I were a congressman and I'm not, I might want them to have a rule that says every bill has to be 10 pages or less. You know, something you can get your arms around. And I never will forget. I'm, I'm way off topic here, but I never will forget the first time I sat with a congressman. Uh, and this happened to be Tim Hutchinson's from our, uh, Nor- Northwest Arkansas. And he was telling me about how uh, how they didn't read what they voted on. They just depended on their aides to tell them what was in it. And they voted. I'm like, you've got to freaking be kidding. That can't be how it works. Well, that's how it worked with Secure Act 2.0, 4,000 pages, because nobody had time to read it. And so we're going to unpack some of those 4,000 pages today and help you understand some of the benefits that actually do positively affect people who have IRA accounts or 401ks and other types of qualified retirement plans. Now, the first thing I want you to know about the Secure Act 2.0 is there was a change in the required minimum distributions. This is the distribution that the IRS forces you to take even if you don't want to take the money out of your IRA, because the government wants to be paid the taxes. So you have to make the distribution. Now, prior to COVID, at 70 and a half, when you turned 70 and a half, you were required to begin making a distribution based on your life expectancy. And the amount was between three and 4% that had to be distributed each year. There was a special calculation that we do to figure that amount out. I think it generally turned out to be about 3.4%, if I recall correctly. Now, as a part of the original SECURE Act, which was passed in 2019, Congress raised the age at which distributions must begin to age 72. So they moved it from 70 and a half to 72. Well, now in 2023, the number is going to increase slowly all the way to 75. So here's what the rule is now. If you're turning 73 in 2023, You must take a required minimum distribution from your IRA no later than April 1 of 2024. Now, think with me. You turned 73 in 2023. You have to make a required minimum distribution for 2023, but you don't have to make that distribution until the deadline, April 1st of 2024, to cover the distribution for 2023. Have I confused you yet? If you turn 73 in 2023 and you fail to make the distribution uh, until the April 2024 deadline, then you'll have to take two distributions in 2024, increasing the income that you actually receive in tax year 2024. And that increase in income can cause you to pay more for your Medicare and cause you to pay more tax on your Social Security. So here's the simple solution to this. Take the benefit. And the benefit is now you don't have to make a required distribution until you're 73. And in the year that you turn age 73, take your distribution in that calendar year so that you never have to make two distributions in the same year. Now, here's the second thing that they changed uh, in the Secure Act 2.0. Prior to 2023, If you fail to make a required minimum distribution, you paid a penalty of 50%. So if you were supposed to withdraw, let's say $10,000 and you fail to do so, you would have to pay the tax. Let's say that's 30%. 
plus you would have to pay a 50% penalty for a total of 80% in taxes and penalties. So on $10,000, the penalty would be $5,000 and the tax would be, if it were in the 30% tax bracket, the tax would be $3,000. So you would have $8,000 of $10,000 that went to the government. Well, that's all been changed. The penalty is no longer 25%. I'm sorry, no longer 50%. It's now 25%. And if you still fail to make your distribution, but you correct your failure, you figure it out, and you do so in a timely manner that indicates diligence, well, then the penalty changes down to 10%. Now, here's what I wondered when I read that. I said to myself, I said, self, I wonder what congressman's mother failed to make her required minimum distribution and caused that congressman to throw down on this topic and insist that he wouldn't vote for it until this rule was changed. Because if you don't think that's how laws get passed in Washington, D.C., well, you're just not paying attention. So God bless the congressman's mother who got the penalty reduced for us. Here's another change that comes in 2023. Everybody knows that the average person doesn't have enough saved up for retirement. So the Congress is elected to change the rules on what are called catch-up contributions. A Northwestern Mutual life insurance study back in 2021 said that the average American had $98,000 saved for retirement. Only $98,000. Think about that for just a moment. That's only two, maybe three years of retirement income for the average person. Now, if we don't talk about the average person, but we look at it by age, the average 65-year-old person has $164,000 saved up at the point of retirement. At a 4% withdrawal rate, which has kind of conventionally and historically been what we're told we should withdraw out of those accounts, that's only 546 bucks per month on top of your Social Security. And that 546, oh, wait, you have to pay taxes on it. So my response to this entire thing is, Houston, we have a problem. Or I guess maybe I should have said, Washington, we have a problem. So Congress recognized the problem, and in their beneficence, they said, We're going to allow certain people to catch up and add more to their retirement account. So here are the rules for an IRA. In 2023, everyone can contribute $6,500 to their IRA. And if you're over age 50, you can contribute an extra $1,000. So that's $7,500. But if you're 62, 63, or 64 in 2023, you can increase the amount of catch-up to $10,000. So that means you can put in at least $6,500, $7,500 if you're over age 50, and $16,500 if you are 62, 63, or 64 in 2023. Now that's on an IRA. Let's talk about 401ks for just a moment. In 2023, you can contribute $22,500 to your 401k. But if you're over age 50, you can contribute an additional $7,500. So that brings your total to $30,000 that you can contribute to your 401k for 2023. But if you're 62, 63, or 64, you can increase your catch-up to $10,000, meaning your total contribution is now $32,500 before it's capped. Now, I don't know about you. I think it's really great that we have these increases in the amount that we can contribute to these accounts. I appreciate those increases. 
But uh, and in fact, I think they should be unlimited. Let me put as much I want to in there. But here's what I don't appreciate is the complexity. I mean, thank you for staying with us though far this far on the podcast, because I know it's had its own uh, confusion to it. And you might have wanted to dial out for just a moment. Uh, and it's because Congress has chosen to make these things so ridiculously complex that it takes someone like me or like the staff we have around us to sort all this out and keep it all sorted out so that we can keep our clients on the right track doing the right thing. I think it's ridiculous that government makes things more complex, but that's what they do. So if you don't like it, write your congressman. (laughs) Here's a new rule that came out in 2023. You can now roll over unused 529 plans. You know what 529 plans are. Those are the college savings plans you set up for your child or your grandchild. And let's say that that plan went unused, which is not unusual because the child may have just gotten a lot of scholarships, so they didn't need the money. Or maybe the child didn't choose to go to school. Maybe they came right out of school and and went to work in a career path. And certainly, I think uh, the traditional college education that I got is um, not viewed as nearly as valuable in this day as it was when I was coming of age. People are getting their education in different ways. Uh, The Internet has made that possible. You can learn maybe more than I learned in college just by watching YouTube videos now. So here's what happens. If you've got a 529 plan and your kid doesn't wind up using the money for whatever reason, starting in 2024, that's just next year, you're going to be able to roll that 529 plan into a Roth IRA for that child. Now, there's a lifetime limit of 35,000 that can be rolled over. So only 35,000 can be moved over. And the maximum amount that you can move over in any one year is equal to the IRA contribution limit, which is $6,500, we learned. So if you've got $35,000, you can move $6,500 a year over into the Roth IRA. Now, here's a little catch to it. The 529 plan must have been open for 15 years, or you can't roll those contributions or earnings over uh, into the plan. And you can't move any money into the Roth that hasn't been in the plan for at least five years. So if you wanted to make a contribution and then said, I'm going to turn around and move that over and roll it over into Roth, you can't do that until the money seasons for a five-year period of time. And it's got to be contributed to an account that has been open for 15 years. So while Congress gave you something, in my opinion, they took the joy of much of it away because they made it so darned complicated. Now, Here's some final changes we'll talk about. There are changes in the 401k plans only. One of the changes is this. A 401k plan must now automatically enroll a new employee into the 401k plan unless that employee opts out. And this is because, according to a report from the Department of Labor called the Economic News Release from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, only 52% of people are participating in their 401k. So to increase participation, they're making it automatic that you're enrolled. You, you have to, you're being forced into your 401k at gunpoint, so to speak. Isn't that how Congress does everything? The government does everything. Well, we just stick a gun in your ribs and tell you you've got to do this. So, so the gun in your ribs is when you go to work somewhere, they're going to automatically enroll you in the 401k, which I don't think is a bad thing. In fact, I think it's a good thing. You ought to do that. But I think you ought to have the freedom to do that. But because we have raised people to depend on the nanny state and not educated them properly, we can't depend on people to make their own decision that's going to be good for them for the future. Instead, we are forcing them to do what is, in this case, indeed, best for them 
probably in most cases, participate in the 401k. And I just think that's a, a little bit ridiculous so that that kind of um, a heavy handed enforcement comes from government. But the devil to all of this is really in the details. So what I'm seeing is that it appears that the amount of contribution that an employee is forcibly directed to make into the 401k is going to be guided by their age. It's going to start at 3% for employees who are younger. And while employees get older, uh, they may start as high as 10%. And these numbers will increase by 1% each year until they reach 15% is the amount that they are contributing to the 401k. And if you contribute 15% to your 401k every year from the year you start working until the year you're retired, frankly, you're probably going to be a pretty happy retiree because you will have a significant account balance. So it's a good thing that gets accomplished. I just think we ought to be free to do the good thing instead of being forced to do the good thing. Well, finally, here's a, a, another change that has come down the pipe that's significant. Part-time workers are now covered under 401ks. Previously, if you didn't work full-time, you weren't covered. But under the new rules, if you work somewhere for three years, and it drops to two years in 2025, and you have a 1,000 hours per year of employment, so that's about half time, just a little bit less, then you're going to be eligible to enroll in the 401k plan. Oh, and there's one final thing they've done with 401ks that's really significant. It has to do with Roths. Now, many 401ks had Roths. Many 401ks didn't. I think they all should have a Roth. If you're an employer, you need to go back and put the Roth in your 401k. If your employer doesn't have the Roth in your 401k, you need to go to whoever your human resource person is and say, hey, I want to have a Roth option inside the 401k. And let me tell you why you don't have a Roth option. It's it's nothing sinister. Maybe it may be a little bit lazy. What happened is when they were filling out the paperwork, they failed to check a box. There's a box you can check that says, hey, I want to be sure we offer a Roth option inside the 401k too. But the employer, when they set the plan up, didn't do that. Well, now the rules have changed. Previous to this, you could put your money into the Roth if your employer offered a Roth option on the 401k. But your employer's contribution had to go into the traditional side. So there couldn't be any Roth contribution from the employer money. But Secure Act 2.0 allows employer contributions to be made directly to the Roth side. Now, who pays the tax on that? Well, I haven't been able to under, uncover the official answer yet, but I'm pretty sure uh, it's going to be the employee who winds up paying that tax. So it will increase your tax bill. Uh, most likely. But uh, that is a, a benefit to you, at least that you get to put that money into the Roth. So those are the big changes for IRAs and 401ks in 2023. Don't forget to visit our sponsors at the Wealthcare Corporation for more information on tax strategies to help you send less to Washington, D.C. and your state capital and keep more money in your pocket. You can find them on the web at www.savingyoutaxes.com. Dot com. Until next time, I'm tax strategist J. Barry Watts here on The Truth About Taxes and Retirement, reminding you that no matter how well you do in saving, investing, and planning, if you don't get the taxes right, nothing else matters. Thank you for listening to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement podcast. 
Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of SavingYouTaxes.com. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional tax and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your own qualified advisor with any questions you may have regarding taxes and investing. This podcast is a production of the Wealthcare Corporation found on the web at savingyoutaxes.com. The concepts discussed are for informational and educational purposes only and should not be implemented without first consulting with your own legal tax and investment counsel. This has not been an offer to buy, sell, or invest in securities, and this information is to be taken as educational concepts and not as specific advice for you. The lawyers like us to remind you that all investment involves risk, and you could lose money. Past performance is never a guarantee of future results. Tax strategy services are provided by American Tax Strategies, LLC. Investment advisory services are provided by Wealthcare Asset Management, LLC.